Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there, welcome, welcome. Friday, we made it June 28, the last Friday of June. I'll resist. No, I won't, because by saying I'll resist the uh, temptation to talk about where did June go by saying that, obviously I didn't. So seems to me I did that yesterday, too, and it's boring and sounds like an old person. Well, I had trouble sleeping last night because I was so astonishingly energized by the Democratic debate. <laughs> I really, I couldn't calm down. And so I, I, I think I'm a little blurry-eyed this morning, but uh, I must say, guys, there was nobody on that stage, uh, save maybe Marianne Williamson, who would not make a better president than the one we have now. There's no doubt about that. Uh And I am now in love with Kamala Harris. And I ain't the only one who fell last night. Oh. My. God. She is. So she presents with such strength. I mean, if anyone, like, has trouble thinking, oh, I just can't imagine a woman being the president. <clears throat> there. If you can't see that as the president, then you're out of your mind. She is, in every respect, presidential. Here's the other thing she is. She's smart. She's passionate. She's beautiful. And she would wipe the floor with Donald Trump in a debate. I don't think there's another person that we've seen in the last two days that could do what she could do. She proved to be the best candidate. I'm sorry. She's just, you want a winning candidate? That's a winning candidate. I don't care that she's black. I don't care that she's a woman. That's someone who can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Donald Trump and eviscerate him. Isn't that what we're trying to find? I mean, she so dominated that evening that I, I can't, I, there cannot be another person uh, who would come to any different conclusion than, than she. Just flat out dominated it. And I think another thing she might have done is we have been told over and over that uh, black Americans, especially older black Americans, um, are enamored of Joe Biden. They know him. They like him. He was Obama's vice president. They feel comfortable with him. They're, I think, a little bit afraid that America won't elect another black person, let alone a black woman right now, seeing as what happened after the first one. Um, I think last night she probably turned a whole bunch of of black Biden 
voters happily over to her. Um, I mean, just hands, I, I, just hands down. Impressive as hell. I'm sure she ain't perfect. I'm sure there's things I don't agree with. I'm sure she will stumble. I'm sure this, that, and the other thing. But oh my God, I was like... She's so much of a stronger debater than Elizabeth Warren, who is also an extremely strong woman who doesn't take any crap from anybody. But there's something about Harris that, I don't know, And I'll tell you what would be an amazing ticket. <laughs> Kamala Harris. Elizabeth Warren. Wow. So, um, that's, that's the way I saw it. And... Um, I, I just, I was really, she blew me away, and I'm not the only one. She was blowing people away all over the country. And I can't imagine anybody not being blown away by her performance. Her performance. Extraordinary. Uh, and then I saw this, and I thought it really important to share. Because, you know, people are already burying Biden today. Ah, oh, he screwed up so much. My God, he's gone. He looked old, rattled. You see the problem of him having a long history. There was something about those old white guys up there that just couldn't hold a candle to the energy, the promise, the youth, the passion of uh, the younger the younger candidates up there and uh, you know it was Eric Swalwell uh, the congressman from California uh, mentioning that that when he was six years old he remembers a presidential was he then running for yeah some presidential candidate who was or somebody saying some politician saying that it's time to pass a torch to a new generation. I thought he was talking about John F. Kennedy. I thought that was his line, but he said, "You know, who said that Joe Biden." <laughs> so when Eric Swalwell, who's up there running for president, was six, Joe Biden was already saying it's time to cross, to pass the torch to a new generation. That was a great takedown, too, and even Biden had to laugh. What was he going to do? But when it came for Biden to respond, he said, I'm not passing the torch. I'm keeping the torch. However, in the back and forth with Harris, Biden and Harris, wow, at the, his last words of that, I think it was in that exchange, right? His last words were, I'm, what did he say? My time, something like, he saw the moderators telling him, it's, you know, you're finished, it's over. And his last words were, my time is over. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I thought, oh my God. I mean, it's not, he, he meant literally the time, but it was so classic coming after it's time to pass the torch to a new day. No, I won't pass the torch. Uh, my time is over. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, I thought it was wonderful. Anyway, uh, we got calls lining up, so let's go through the phones. Hello, caller. Hi, Lynn. Yeah. Um, I was I was very impressed with Kamala Harris, and my first thought was, 
how would she do in a debate when with with 45 when the two of them are you know like the the Hillary and 45 scenario when they were walking uh-huh. around each other and uh-huh. he was like oh creepy all over her uh-huh. I was just thinking wow what kind of comeback oh. can she turn around and say to him oh. that wouldn't make people upset with her oh okay. but would put him in his place okay you know well now you're bringing up an interesting point because that's right here's a woman and as i said she could wipe the floor with him uh and let's not forget this is a black woman who could wipe the floor yeah. of this despicable white guy a white guy who was elected in part in racist reaction to the fact that America elected a black man. Um, and you're right, a black strong woman like this taking him on is going to drive the racists nuts. Even the racists who don't know they're racists. It is. Yeah. And so when she mops the floor with him, they're going to say that, you know, she's whatever. To all the things that happens to a woman who is strong, right? But on the other hand, she is so extraordinarily feminine. I mean, I look at her. What do you see when you look at her? You see this beautiful woman. Oh, she's just gorgeous. Gorgeous. She's and and she's... La- laughs easily, dances, has a sense of humor. I mean, she's just delightful. But and if her we're... background... Yeah, but we can't be afraid. Me. This I know, but we can't be afraid of how the racists, racists are and, and the misogynists are going to react to a woman and a black woman just destroying this fool that is now the president of the United States. I still can't help but think that most Americans will be thrilled. I don't know. Yeah. I might be kidding myself, but yeah, there will I mean, be I that backlash. That, I hope that they are thrilled, but I'm also, I, I'm also, you know, if if he is lurking around behind her in in that type of debate, um, what can she say to turn around and put him in his place? But she'll and know keep him from doing what he did to Hillary. She'll know. See, Hillary was tiptoeing. Hillary was trying to just ignore him. Because, first of all, Hillary thought he was a joke. And Hillary thought that we all could see he was a joke. And that's where she went wrong. And she also didn't factor in how many Americans hated her and hated her supporters and were willing to have a joke as president of the United States just to stick it to the likes of us. And do not underestimate that. And that still remains. Um, but wow, she was amazing. Yeah, I just, I, her, her background as a prosecutor, um, will, will do so much for her as well as her background as a senator. Um, well, I have to tell you the prosecutor background is a negative in some, uh, quarters, uh, for some black Americans, it's been a negative. She put black people in jail. Anyone who's a prosecutor, and it's the one thing Biden did to try to get back at her, he said, I was never a prosecutor. Um, you know, being the arm of the law, which is what the prosecutor is, doesn't win you friends among people who find the criminal justice system an outrage. So I know my own son, for instance, has dismissed her. I haven't talked to him after this debate last night has dismissed her because he said she's a prosecutor and that's bad yeah but to me well that's this is just me okay yeah um a prosecutor prosecutes people on of all types of course not just black people going to jail right and the fact that she's african-american and uh, to me she's i think she's more sympathetic to all people who are in that situation. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be, she, she uh, you know, they these debates are for candidates to break out, and man, I never saw a breakout like this in my life. 
It was incredible. Yeah. Thank you for the call. Oh, sure. Okay, <laughs> bye. Thanks, uh, bye. Uh, bye. I'm serious, I couldn't sleep last night after it. Uh, okay, we got another caller here. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hey, do you remember when she destroyed Barr at the hearing? Yes, yes. I mean, she really gave it to him. He looked like a stooge up there. Yep. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking the other day, boy, I hope they've got their Biden's at top, and I'm thinking, boy, I hope he's the right guy. I was just thinking that, and now she's come out with that, and I was, because I was pushing more Elizabeth Warren, maybe she'll get there, but heck, I'm, yeah, she would be great. Oh, That's a man. great pick if she could get up there. You know, you yep. can't discount uh, performance skills and charisma and all of that. That so figures into what a winning candidate is. And she's got charisma and sort of the strong performance skill uh, all over Elizabeth Warren. Um, even a matter of voice. Yeah. Even a matter of, you know, Elizabeth Warren's voice is, is weaker. Uh, Harris, Harris just comes on so strong and yet appealing. It's not like, oh, what's this horrible, strong, aggressive woman? No. Uh-uh. Just. You feel, wouldn't you feel safe with her? Yeah, and she's so likable, too. It's the yeah, she is likable. Like, so, yep. God, I, I'm sorry. It's going to take something to tell me that, uh, that she ain't the best. Yeah, I hope you're right. Okay. My two, okay, uh, thank okay, you. Okay, bye. 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 Okay, Milton says he's disconcerted. Uh-oh. While I agree with you about Kamala's performance and was generally optimistic about all of the top-tier candidates over the past two nights, one thing was disconcerting to me. America watched every single potential nominee endorse the idea of... Oh, I, I'm with you, I think, where you're going here, Milton. America watched every single potential nominee endorse the idea of free, lifelong health care to anyone entering the country. Well, to folks like you and I, it seems like simple common sense. We are not the folks that need to be swayed. I think that such a commitment so early in the campaign only gives Trump another quiver for his bow. I see it as possibly hobbling an otherwise strong candidacy of whoever emerges uh, ultimately as the front runner. There are a few things. You know, when Democrats do this, we, when we try to pick our candidate, that's a primary. And in the primary, we, for a Democrat to win, they you tack left. You tacking too far left is what often costs us elections. And I frankly think there were a few things that were said where I thought, oh, got to remember you need independence, you need independence. I mean, yeah. I wish they'd be a little stealthier um, or more, you know, understanding. Uh, just from a humanitarian point of view, they were saying if someone is in your country and they need health care, you give them health care. I mean, I have said I was, I was uh, with an eight-month-old child who was sick uh, in a foreign country and with no question, they took me in, they didn't ask for insurance, they took me in, they took care of my child, they soothed the hysterical mother. Um, that, was, uh, that was England. Um, yeah, countries do that. But we are so in such the clutches of such uh, ugliness, which is... I, I don't know. I, I mean, Milton, I, I agree with you. I thought the other one that they should back away a little bit more from is, uh, or at least explain it better, uh, and Harris, you know, was unequivocal about this, and I was thinking, I don't think this, when she was saying she would do away, as would Elizabeth Warren, with private health insurance. I think when you say something like that, you scare the crap out of maybe even a majority of Americans who have and like their insurance programs that they get from their employers, right? 
Um, I think you need to explain when you're talking about single payer and universal that it is a transition that will be made. And nobody has to go there who doesn't want to. I, I really think at this point they need, you can't expect people to turn on a dime with something that revolutionary to us. That's my guess. My concern is only winning. Once you get in, you start pushing. But you got to get in first. Um, I thought Buttigieg explained it better, something like you ha anybody who, there should be universal, uh, there should be Medicare for all who want it. And initially, that, I think, is a better that's a better idea. Not Medicare for all. Medicare for all who want it. And then you get enough people buying into that, and ultimately it tips to the point where that's the obvious way to go. That it shows it's good coverage, it's less expensive, it is quality care, blah, 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 blah. So, again, uh, messaging is so damn important, and we ain't good at it. And I hope somebody picks up on Buttigieg's comment, stop saying Medicare for all, and start saying Medicare for all who want it. Bring in that thing that Americans value so much, which is their individual liberty, their right to choose. Sometimes. I mean, if they don't have vaginas and stuff. So, yeah, I, I share your, um, your concerns in that regard. But here's another concern with me being all, you know, smitten with Kamala today. I saw this, and I, I did tweet it out because I think we all need to um, take a deep breath <laughs> and realize that we got such a long way to go before we even get to our convention. I mean, it's more than a year, okay? And somebody put out what the polling showed at this exact point in the last national election. So it would take us to 2015 in June, late June 2015, here is what, and that's when the Republicans had 500 people on the stage, right? Same thing, only it was them. And here at that point is what the polls showed. Jeb Bush was leading, 22%. Scott Walker, 17%. Marco Rubio, 14%. Ben Carson, 11%. Mike Huckabee, 9%. Rand Paul, 7%. Rick Perry, 5%. Ted Cruz, 4%. Chris Christie, 4%. Carly Fiorina, 2%. Donald Trump, 1%. Can we just, with all humility, understand that there is a long, long way to go before somebody emerges victorious? Look at that. Jeb Bush, Scott Walker, Mark, Ben Carson, Mike Huckabee. So, uh, this is going to shake out. There will be other breakthrough moments, other horrible gaffes that might, you know, take someone down. 
I was reminded last night when I was trying to sleep um, of something I'd read about Kamala Harris's uh, earlier years um, and how she had a mentor, I think, slash lover. Why am I blanking on his name? Somebody help me here. The extreme. Well, the extremely powerful uh, black California politician, whom I, whom I, whom I, whom I forgetting, forgetting his name. He still is alive. Many years her senior, and I believe he was uh, maybe even married, right? Um, Willie Brown. Oh, yeah, you're right. All of a sudden, huh? Yes, yeah, yeah. And I remember reading that a long time ago and thinking, ooh. Would America ever elect a woman who'd had an affair with an older man who helped her career and blah, blah, blah? And you can imagine what will be made out of that kind of thing. This is going to be, I was looking at her last night and thinking, boy, lady, you just put yourself in for a meat grinder that, is going to be frightening. Um, Mary says, I agree 100% that Harris is a bombshell of a debater and an inquisitor. But as a politician and on the campaign trail, she is a tale of two candidates. As a politician, she says the right things, but then moves in the opposite direction. On the stump, she resorts far too often to saying, that's something we need to investigate about any topic that the polls have not come to a conclusion on. From the start, I've wanted to like her, but she too often feels slippery to me, uncomfortably like Hillary in some of the worst ways. And then Mary gives us this uh, from Mother Jones. And this has to do with her being a prosecutor. Harris has long, this is Mother Jones, Harris has long tried to bridge the tricky divide between social progressivism and the work required as a prosecutor, sometimes more successfully than others. As San Francisco DA, for instance, she steadfastly refused to seek the death penalty against a man accused of killing a police officer. But later, as California's Attorney General, she defended the state's right to use capital punishment. In, two in 2012, she helped win a massive $25 billion settlement with Wells Fargo and other financial institutions for foreclosure abuses. But a year later, she declined to prosecute Steven Mnuchin, uh, uh, one, his, his bank, for foreclosure violations. I mean, what I, I think I said earlier, she ain't perfect, and all of us do things that, oh, well, that's great. Look what she did there, $25 million settlement. Without, wait a minute, why didn't she go after this bank, Mnuchin? Uh, wait a minute, she said this guy. But again, I don't know specifics of any of that, and I don't know what her thoughts were at the time, and I do know prosecutors have to make, you know what I mean? I, you can't be a purist when you're picking a candidate. You just can't be. Because politics is as messy a business as there is. And anyone with a record is going to have stains from the mess of the sausage making of it. In 2014, she co-sponsored a bill to outlaw the so-called gay panic defense in California. What the hell is that? A legal strategy that often shielded perpetrators of violent crimes against gay people from serious punishment. But a year later, she sought to block gender reassignment surgery for a transgender prison inmate. Okay. As a woman of color, she embodies two key Democratic constituencies, and she is beloved by the wing of the party that broke for Hillary Clinton. But among those on the far left, including many diehard Bernie supporters, I'm sorry, I just cannot stomach him, 
She is an object of disdain, a Hillary bot with weak progressive credentials. While that segment of the left might oppose anyone who isn't particu uh, one particular septuagenarian, uh, they prove that they gave us Donald Trump. All right. Okay, there's that. Fine. We, we gotta, you're gonna have to. Bree writes. I felt that Kamala Harris is playing by an old rule book. She got the zinger in. That was the food fight comment. Everybody was screaming over everybody else, and she, and she broke through it like the parent and said, hey, Americans aren't here to watch a food fight. They're, they want us to tell them how we're going to put food on their table, and that got a huge cheer. I think that was her... Her first, you know, yes, zinger. She gave an emotional, personal story. Well, they all, you know, so does Biden. Is Biden able to do a debate without bringing up his dead children? And who can blame him? I mean, it's a certainly central part of his existence. But... Um, what? One of them even brought up, well, I had prostate cancer. I'm thinking, all right already. We all have, all of us have tragedy in our lives, right? But that is, a, that's a tried and true thing, right? To humanize and, and to connect through, you know, common human experience of tragedy and grief. Bree says, I felt she was going through check marks. Everything that her publicist would have rehearsed with her. I also think that if she's peaking now, well, it's a long race. But here is a question. Who would you eliminate now? Oh, okay. Half the stage last night I would throw out. I would throw out... Uh, and, and not that they're bad people. It's just they ain't going to... I'm sorry. Um, and a lot of who I'm going to throw out are a bunch of white guys. I really am. I'm tossing them. Uh, I'm tossing Yang, I'm tossing, uh, what's her name, Mary Ann Faithful, uh, <laughs> Williamson, uh, I'm tossing Hickenlooper, I'm tossing Bennett, I'm tossing Swalwell, and the night before, I'm tossing almost everybody on the stage. Personally, that's all, personally. And that it could be well too soon to do that, as my poll from 2015 showed you, because anybody there would have tossed Donald Trump, and too bad they didn't. If you hang around long enough, the wrong person might come to the fore. Oh, Mark writes, I'm a longtime Biden fan, but last night he was not the guy that I remember. He seemed old. Yes, he did. And Bernie seems old, although more energetic in a funny way. More passionate or something, but no, they're old. And that's not what we want. Mark says, I think Medicare for all means losing the election. I do too. That's why it has to be for all who want it. I think Pete showed us how to get around that. I hope they get smarter. Taking away health insurance from 180 million people would be a disaster. See, and there's no way that would happen. This is why Democrats never explain things right. They got the wrong nomenclature. Medicare for all who want it. They don't know how to brand, and it kills them constantly. It makes them sound so extreme, and it scares the hell out of people. Think of all the people who like their insurance. And you, you're going to vote for somebody who says they're going to take it away from you and give you something you don't even know? <laughs> They've got to understand that, or we're going to lose again. 
I agree Kamala Harris was impressive, but I hope she gets it right on health insurance. I still like Michael Bennett. Yeah, he was very likable, but I, he's, yeah, he was a good man. I mean, just a good man. I think Bernie at one point said, I'm sure everybody at home is looking at this and thinking, wow, it's a bunch of good, good people. And he's right. It was just a bunch of good people on the stage. Uh, and he says, I'm in awe of the intellect of Mayor Pete. Yeah, I thought Pete was amazing again, and he is. He really is. I thought his response to the question of the troubles uh, he's had as a mayor with uh, racial uh, issues and police killing black people in his town and how nothing seems to have improved and his police force is still has this paltry uh, number of black officers and um, when he was asked what what's about that and and he said i didn't get it done he just owned it he admitted it and that was an astonishing moment actually and it's why people like him he didn't make excuses he just flat out said i i, I didn't get it done He's very, very impressive. And Paul writes, you are so correct with people not understanding that there is no politician without stains. But people always looking for some perfect person. We know they don't exist. You wouldn't want a perfect person. Perfect people are... There aren't any. Paul writes, they forget how many millions voted for Trump with all of his failed businesses and marriages. Big, big, big stains. God almighty. Oh, I'm remembering a friend sent me her her view, and I, I wanted to share it with you because I thought it was interesting as uh, as she watched. Um, she said, um, Harris's prosecution of Biden and Buttigieg accepting responsibility because I didn't get it done, she says, are probably pundit highlights. But the moment that stuck with me by morning in a positively haunting way is Buttigieg casually but proudly mentioning his husband, saying Chaston and I in his first or early response about student debt. Who would have thought it even 10 years ago? I mean, Shirley Chisholm, she says, Geraldine Ferraro prepped us, kind of, sort of, not really, for thinking of women candidates at the national level. But a buttoned-down, married, gay man. We have so far to go, but we have come so far. And that is why the lefties who never will deign to give this country any credit, piss me off. Because this country, even in its horrific current state, is a country that surprises still. And keeps trying to push forward. It's also a country with uh, almost as many people on the other side who then start pushing back. That's that's what we got. But we've I appreciate my friend's acknowledgement of one of those very impressive people last night saying just in passing <laughs> 
Yeah, and it was about student loans. You said, Chaston and I have over six figures in student loans. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, the man who is our president, I don't know if you saw the video, he's over there in Japan with all the world leaders, and by the way, he always has to be front and center, so when they take the, they know, that group picture, there he is, front row, center, and you know who he's standing in between? So it doesn't mean that like it's, oh, of course the President of the United States has to be in the front and then maybe the next most powerful and the next most powerful. No, because he was in the front and his two buddies on either side were two murderous autocrats. Well, one certainly murderous autocrat because on the one side was the Saudi Arabian prince who ordered Khashoggi to be cut up in pieces. And on his other side was Turkey's president, Erdogan. And those are the people that he is most comfortable with. He ended up there with them because these are his kind of guys. And he walked in to the photo shoot, happily talking to another killer, Vladimir Putin. And then when sitting with Putin, he is asked by a reporter, are you going to, are you going to talk to Putin about meddling in the U.S. American elections. And they're both sitting there. And Trump turns to Putin and says, with a smile on his face, don't meddle in our elections. And then he says it again, pointing his finger, like Joe, don't meddle in our elections. a joke isn't that something isn't that something Pittsburgh got a shout-out last night. I'm trying to remember where that was about. It was um, Buttigieg. And um, they were talking, I believe, about what to do about uh, climate change. And he was saying that, you know, you got you to gotta start talking to uh, the people who are on the ground trying to do things. You've got to include rural people and make them see how uh, important this is to them. And, and then he said something like, um, I don't know, he said, we don't need a, a Paris summit. We need a, am I going to find it here anywhere? Maybe not. We need a, uh, a Pittsburgh summit. So, just saying. And I, I, I think he's right about that, actually. I mean, not, not that it has to be here, but I think that's right. Um, and also, um, Buttigieg really went after, as a Christian, I believe he's Catholic. I looked up, uh, you know, he's from Malta, or his father's from Malta. I don't know if he was born in Malta. I, I, I'm not sure. Um, and Malta is this tiny little island sort of in the middle of the Mediterranean, south of Italy, south of Sicily, and north of like Tunisia. I mean, I, it is, you, you can't see it on a map. 
And it is one of the most densely populated nations on earth because because it's this big. And there's less than a half a million people in that country. I looked up all kinds of things about it. And what's the la- I thought, what language do they speak? They speak Maltese, of course. And uh, whatever that is. But I think it, Maltese, they said, is a Semitic language, but it has all kinds of uh, Italian uh, stuff in it, which is a Romance language. So I don't understand that particularly. Um, but... It also had said that the vast majority of Maltese are Catholic. And so I'm assuming he's Catholic. And last night he went after the so-called Christians in the Republican Party and that unholy alliance between Christians and the Republican Party. And uh, I, I loved what he said. He said, for a party that associates itself with Christianity, to say it is okay, to suggest that God would smile on the division of families at the hands of federal agents, that God would condone putting children in cages, a party like that has lost all claim to ever use religious language. Uh, Nate Silver, who's um, the one of those pundit prognosticator pollster types, said this. Um, I pretty much agree with the conventional wisdom, which is Harris was great, Buttigieg was good, Bernie meh, Biden bad. But Biden, he says, is one of those candidates that the conventional wisdom keeps guessing wrong about. So let's see. Uh, We'll see. Somebody comb Bernie's hair. He looked better than he normally does. He did. And one of the men didn't wear a tie. That was Yang. I mean, these are just, you know, optical things, whatever. But I thought all in all, it was okay. Uh, I'm worried about a woman who um, I think is a sort of linchpin of, of world stability in this extremely unstable world, and that is Angela Merkel. Um, I mean, there was video, what, earlier this week of her with some world leader and she was, her arms were shaking. And it was later said that she had um, been dehydrated and after drinking um, some water, she was, she was better. However, uh, last night, and I would imagine this was at the, is she in Japan? I don't know. Well, I, but last night in another appearance, and I've seen that video again. Her arms were trembling. She was holding on, trying to keep them from trembling. And I'm thinking this can't be good. And what's interesting shows a difference in culture. If that were America, <laughs> I mean, we'd have her buried and done with. I mean, look at what what Hillary did. She what? She stumbled once, and uh, the Republicans jumped on that to say she was dying. Uh, Angela Merkel. Um, German news outlets have uh, reported on both episodes. They've said, oops, look, Angela Merkel was shaking, and then she was okay. And look, oops, she was shaking again, but she's okay. And um, German, the, in Germany, their culture, 
there is a notoriously fierce protection of the private lives of public figures. And a person's health is as private as you get. And so, unlike us, the German media note it, report it, and then respectfully back away and leave people to come to their own conclusions. And I've come to mine and she's dying, or I don't know, or she's got some, she's got some bad thing. All right, what else I got here? I just got a bunch of little factoids, because I do that. Uh, Affording a home in uh, Los Angeles has become so impossible, and that's not even as bad as up in uh, Silicon Valley. Los Angeles now regularly allows a build, building permits that allow the conversion of a garage, a family garage, a two-car garage, to be made into a home. And just last year, there were over 4,000 uh, garages made into homes in L.A., and that's up from just 117 the year before. You imagine that? 117 and then 4,000. And get this. One woman said she pays $950 a month for her garage rental. I was at um, Home Depot the other day, uh, having been in need of duct tape. Duct tape? Duct tape. Is both correct? Are both? Is like some brand call it duct tape, but it's really duct tape? Why don't I know that? Anyway, for that sticky stuff, that really seriously sticky stuff. And um, I was waiting to check out, and there was a woman. Duck tape is a brand. Yeah, okay, I thought maybe. Yeah. Um, and and uh, she was there with her two little daughters, and they, they were so excited. The daughters each had gotten a little... Uh, plant in a little little thing. They had a little flowering plant and a f- American flag, and that was what they got. And then they were waiting. And when they got to the front, uh, the guy who was checking them out saw the flags and he said, "Oh yeah, it's getting to be that time of year," meaning the Fourth of July. And the mother said, uh, "No, this is because." They wanted the flags because they're so into the women's soccer team. And I thought, wow, wow. Um, I'm not a soccer fan. I'm aware of this extraordinary American women's team. And um, apparently little girls all over this country are just... I mean, the women's soccer team is like, uh, it's like akin to Beatlemania. Uh, Kids go insane. And um, I am, for the first time, going to watch. Three o'clock today, I... Actually, there's a whole big article in in Wall Street Journal, why you need to watch U.S. women's soccer versus France today at three. This is a quarterfinal. It should be the final, according to everybody who knows. Everybody had wanted these two teams to meet in the final because I guess they're the best. But one of these best teams is going down. 
And um, so today, just wanted you to know, it's on Fox at uh, 3 p.m. These are the women who outperform, have a huge, huge uh, national following, and are getting paid like two cents on the dollar to what the men are. I don't know if that's exactly right, but whatever. Here, let's get some of your emails in. Uh, Diane writes, Harris was winning the debate without attacking Biden. She acknowledged that she didn't think he was a racist, but she attacked him for being a racist. Not. She kept telling him what he did was hurtful. She said, I don't think you're a racist. But Diane says, I am black, and I know that busing was not embraced by all black folks and very few white folks. And then she quotes this, the evil, Shakespeare, the evil that men do lives after them, the good is oft interred with their bones. And she says, I feel Biden has done much good. I do too. But it's a problem of putting out as our representative a guy with that kind of long history that can be then knowing how we do our politics, that can be used and abused. Well, that's interesting, and that's an interesting point from uh, another black woman. Thank you. Uh, What else we got? Uh, Bree says, uh, sorry for all these emails, but I listen to Malta radio. <laughs> you do, you've got some weird listening habits. <laughs> you listen to me, you listen to Malta radio every day on the app Radio Garden. A lot of the talk is in English. Well, you know, you know what? Um, that's one thing I learned, Googling Malta. <laughs> Um, Malta, that tiny little island so close to Italy, sided with the Brits and with the Allies during um, both world wars. And the Brits were very much, yes, I mean, I think, that were they, was Malta part of their commonwealth, I believe. So, right. And then when they became a republic, when they got, they, they've remained, uh, English is spoken in Malta, but 90 plus percent of the inhabitants do speak Maltese, but English is definitely understood. Little Tony says, Lynn, as wonderful as Kamala might be, my gut reaction is if she would be the nominee, Donald Trump would be elected. It's just my gut feeling. It's mostly because of the way Americans are. You mean racists and misogynists. This country elected Trump. This country also elected Barack Obama twice. That's what I'm saying. This country is us and them. And there's more of us. Not a lot more and not as much as we need. But there are more of us. Let's keep that in mind. And if we play a smart game... And a tough game, I don't think he can win. I really don't. I still have at least that much faith in our country. And I don't want to play scared. So little Tony says we need someone who's going to beat him no matter what. And who's that? You think you know. Everybody thinks that's Joe Biden. I don't know. I, I, playing it safe, I don't know. I don't know. We're out of time, guys. Thanks for all your input today. It meant a lot to me. I appreciate it. Um, and have a great weekend. Okay? Bye. 
Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.